take out your Bibles this morning, turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we're going to talk about how God has called us to, to, to do life. I, I get frustrated when people walk away from the church and they say these words, I just don't know if I have faith anymore. Or they, they say, I, I, I went to church when I was a kid, but I ended up walking away from my faith. And you know what I discovered from that? A lot of people don't understand what faith is. They, they, don't, they don't understand what God is doing and how these things work. Brother, Pastor Chris, can you bring that back there on that side? So we're going to, you guys know that the Bible is filled with illustrations. We're going to illustrate this this morning. Over the last two months, I have... Uh, preached on different things out of the book of Acts. We talked about the Spirit of God and how God comes inside of us and how God controls us. And we, we belong to God and we're the, we're the temple of the, the Most High God. It's, it's, he, he empowers us. He shines through us. He enables us. He does all these things. Then we talked about the church. The church is not just some place that you go. It's who we are. And then, then people have this idea that I miss church because I didn't go to church and the Bible talks about church being people that are called out, committed, partnering with one another is what the word fellowship means. And they continued in communion and in fellowship and in prayer and in breaking of bread. And, that, and they define what the church is. And my goal this morning to do that again is to just give biblical truth. People don't like truth. Did you guys know that? People don't like to hear just how it is. And I, I get a kick out of, you know, all the commercials that come on, the infomercials, and it says, you know, it's like, are you struggling with weight? And everybody's like, yeah, I'm struggling with weight. And they don't talk about exercise or eating right or eating vegetables or stop eating pop. You know what it is? They, they'll say, a new pill on the market now. Take this pill, and in six weeks, you'll look like this supermodel. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> you know, in, in life, we almost want that. We want an easy fix and just... I, I want to go to church and tell me how to have the blessings of God. I'm going to tell you how to have blessings of God. On, and we, we, we want to hear, how, do, how is God going to make life easy for me? And how is everything going to be okay? And it's like lollipops and rainbows is what the message is that we want to hear. But there's more to the Bible than that. The Bible is filled with stories. Amazing stories of God's provision, God's protection, God's blessing. I grew up hearing those stories. You grew up hearing these stories. The book of Hebrews goes through and recaps these stories. These are the most amazing things that God has done. And I love it. I, I love looking back this past week on Thursday. We took all the missionaries to the Ark Encounter. We stood there in awe looking at this, this giant ship that God commanded these these average men to build in order to save mankind and accomplish the work of God. Hebrews chapter 11, Let, let's recap some of these stories as we go through there, okay? And I, I just want to show you what I'm talking about, these stories and lessons that we'll pull out and we'll teach and preach and be like, man, look at this story and look what God did. Let me give you some examples. Hebrews eleven seven. now Noah being warned of God of the things seen as of yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Man, we get all excited about that. Man, look what God did. By the which he, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness. And the verse goes on. And we love to say, God is our provider. 
Man, God gave them the wisdom. God helped them to build a boat. God filled the, 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 the whole boat with the animals. God did it all. God is our provision. We love to hear that and teach that. How about verse 8 when it goes into Abraham? And Abraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, he obeyed. And he went out not knowing whether he went. And, and the next verse says, He sojourned to the land of promise as a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Abraham, we preach and we tell about the blessings of God. Man, God wants to bless you. Is that true? If you believe that, say amen. Man, God wants to bless you. Man, God, God talks about being up in heaven and I will pour out my blessings upon you. Man, the, the Bible is filled with that. Abraham was blessed in family. Man, as the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea, God blessed his seed. God blessed his family. He was rich. He had influence. He had Jacob and Esau and Isaac and these stories that we talk about our heritage in the Christian faith. Then we get to Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty eight. jump down to that one. He kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he destroyed the firstborn which should touch them. Verse 29 talks about how they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, and the Egyptians say that they were drowned, and the walls of Jericho fell after where they were compassed about seven days. We talk about the power of God. Man, our God is powerful. There is no opposition. There's no obstacle you'll ever face that God can't split the sea or drop the walls. Amen. And all God's people will be like, praise God. Man, that is good. Man, God is faithful. Man, God is powerful. Man, God did all of this. And it goes down at the bottom of that and it begins to talk about what God did through David and Joseph and Gideon and Samson and Samuel and Rahab and all these things. So let's start here. First time I've ever done this. I'm going to preach my entire message in reverse. So we're going to start with point number three and we're going to work down to point number one. It will make sense as we get there because this is where we love to start. We love to start with the promises of God. And I, I gave you guys all illustrations of this, of the promises of God that he said, hey, Noah, you build an ark, I'm gonna be with you and you're gonna be okay. And all God's people are like, amen to that. Abraham was promised the blessings of God, more blessings that he could ever count or imagine. Moses and many of the other ones of David and Gideon experienced the power of God beyond description. Do you know what is so frustrating about this? If God has promised all of this, then why do we have so many people that walk away and just say, I just don't believe it anymore. Man, I had church shoved down my throat for all those years and I'm not going back now that I don't have to. Some people say, well, I've just lost my faith. I just don't even believe anything anymore. I, I'm gonna tell you there's a reason for that. Because I believe if we only preach the Bible as a bunch of stories and not the promises and the commands that go along with it, then we've missed it. Did any of you guys notice that I kind of skipped over parts of the verses I was reading? Did anybody else? I hope you noticed. You guys notice? And I'm sure some of you are like, he's leaving out parts of the Bible. You're right. You know why? Because that's how normally we want to read it. Don't tell me the hard part. Don't tell me the challenges. 
I just want to talk about the provision of God. And, and, and here we are on, over here. And you guys will start figuring out where we're going with this. We'll be over here and we're like, God, I want the promises of God. And God bless my family. And then we sit there and go, I, I don't have the blessings that God promised me. Where's all this goodness of God? And I needed the power of God in my meeting today. And I needed the help of God as I ministered to my kids. Where is God? I don't even know if any of this is real. You go back and say, hey, let me tell you, remember Noah, God did it with Noah. Remember Moses, God split the sea. Remember that. We have got to just start telling the truth and not just telling stories. So let's look at it. So we know all these. We pray the prayers. And I know that God is faithful and God provides and God is a help and all these other things. That's where I read in verse 7. By faith Noah being warned of God. Verse 8, by faith Abraham when he was called to go. Verse 23, by faith Moses when he was born. Verse 24, by faith Moses when he was come to years. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Verse 28, by faith he, he kept the Passover what is the key word in all of these verses? Please, somebody shout it out. It's faith. It is faith. And somehow we've got this idea that we just sit there and cry out to God, God, please give me blessings and pour this out and help me today. And God says, are you missing the key ingredient of what I told you to do? And so therefore... We have a lot of people that just walk out and say, man, I don't believe in a God that can. You, no, you don't. You, you've got to get back to what he said, not what you want. Amen. By faith. So I'll, I'll, I'll take you to the middle. The Bible talks about everything that we get through faith. There's nothing. And let me lay this promise out, and I, I, hope, I hope this visual as we get through this sticks out in your mind and 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 let me tell you i love you using visuals because we're visual learners let me put it like this you don't get to any of that until you go through this does it does that make sense to everybody and all of a sudden we we want in our culture you know with everything else we want to skip around and say lord can i just have this lord can't you just bless my family can't you just hook me up can't you just give me the house Lord, can't you just fill my bank account? Can't you just bring healing? And God says, no, the just shall live by faith. So often, we want the power. We have no power because we don't have faith. It is the bridge. It is the connection. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you mark in your Bible, every Christian here needs to understand and put this in your mind and your heart for the rest of your life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Which literally means you can come to church and you can worship. Oh God, I believe that you're everything. God, I, I, I know the stories, I know the book, I know all these things. And God said, none of that is what I said will get you to those things. None of it. 
We have deceived ourselves. We, we have lied to ourselves because we cannot. The point number two, we looked at point number three of God's promises. Point number two is faith. I decided to define faith because sometimes people don't understand this. We, we think of faith as a, a feeling or I, I believe in something and it's more than that. Defining faith, faith is so misunderstood. People say that I have faith that it will work out. Oh, just have a little faith, but what does that mean? See, God has defined faith. Look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Before he ever talked about Abraham and Moses and, and before he went into Gideon and David, before he did any of that, he stopped and he said, can I tell you what faith is? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Go, go, go back to Hebrews 10.38. Look, look at that verse, Hebrews 10.38, before we even get into this. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure with him. The just shall live by faith. It's not something that I randomly have. It's not something that I pull out just because I'm going through a hard time. God literally was saying for everything that we do, from a missions program to your life, to your marriage, to raising your kids, wherever you're at, here's what it is. Every single day, you say, God, I don't know what the future holds. Have any of you worried about what's going to happen to your kids in this crazy world when they go off to college? You send them off and you have to kiss and hug them at the airport because they're flying overseas to go somewhere or, or be in the military or whatever. You send them out to school in the morning and you know the craziness of them being taught evolution and everything else. You realize as a mom and dad, you are to live by faith. Say, Pastor Tony, I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't know what's going to happen to my finances. I, I don't know what we're going to do and. They're talking about laying people off. God says, I already know what's ahead of you. The just shall live by faith. Literally live, meaning to every step of your life, every area of your life, you are to put your full confidence in God. So what is faith? Let, let's define this according to the Bible. The word faith means a persuasion or a moral conviction, assurance or belief. It means to be fully convinced of something. It means without a shadow of a doubt, the same way that I used to put Morgan and them on the side of the bed and I would sit there when they were little and I would tell them, hey, listen, daddy will catch you if you jump. And they start off scared and things like that and they jump the first time and I catch them. And before long, they're running across the bed and leaping and trying to knock me over. But the idea is they build up a confidence knowing my dad will catch me. I have a conviction. It's in my heart. I know this for sure. The root word means to, to obey, means to trust, it means to yield. One day Jesus sends the disciples to the other side of the sea. A storm rages and everything gets crazy. And Jesus comes walking on the sea and Peter and the rest of the disciples are in the boat and they look over and they see what they thought was a ghost and they cried out and they realize that it's Jesus. And Peter then does something crazy. He said, Lord, if it be you, 
bid me to come to you, allow me to come to you, call me to come to you. And in that moment right there, Jesus said the words, Peter, come. Peter then not only believed he had this, this, this trust in God, that he said, if God said it's going to be okay, then I'm going to get out of the boat because I know it's going to be okay. Because God cannot lie. But just because we know God cannot lie doesn't mean that you won't jump off the bed into daddy's arms or you won't get out of the boat because the rest of the disciples did not get out of the boat. It is fully, completely trusting in God. Notice this. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. The just shall live by faith. Faith is fully trusting in God. Literally means in the walk of life, I sit there and say, honey, I don't know what we're going to do because I might be losing my job. I don't know what we're going to do for the kids. I don't know where our next car is going to come from. I don't even know where our next groceries are going to come from. But I know this. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. So honey, we're going to keep living knowing that our God cannot fail. The Bible says to give and it shall be given unto you. You know what it is? It's putting faith and trust in what God has said. If I give, I know that I can live through this year. I can give to the Lord. I can give to whatever he calls me to because I know my God cannot fail. I trust in what he says. Peter trusted in what he said. Noah built a boat because he trusted in what God said. Do you trust in what he said? Seriously, do we trust? And you say, amen, I I do. Well, notice this next thing. It's not only trusting in God, it's action. It's more than believing. Peter could have believed that he could walk on water, but that's not faith. Faith was getting out of the boat. Faith is action. In James 2.17, and you said, man, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. Man, I, I really have some hard faith in my life. I really have some deep convictions in my life, all right? James 2.17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is what? Dead. Dead. If your faith... God, I believe you're all powerful. I believe you'll provide. I believe you'll take care of me. And God says, come, I can't do that. Lord, I I, I know that you will supply all my needs. Then keep moving forward. Trust me. God, I can't do that. Then it's not faith. And that's why we have generations of people that are turning away saying, I don't believe in the promises of God. I don't believe in the provision of God. I don't believe God blesses the way that he says it. You know why? Because we skip what he said to do, and that is live by faith. It's trusting in God. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. But will thou know, O man, O vain man, that faith that works is dead? Let me put that practical speaking. 
life. We come to church and say, how great and how mighty is our God. If we come to church and we say that my God shall supply all my needs. If we come to church and we talk about, you know, how mighty to save and how God can reach the world and we say amen to it and there is never a step of faith, then it is dead. And we wonder why people of this generation don't want anything to do with church, religion, or following after mom and dad. Who wants to step into something that's dead? Why would anybody want to follow something that's dead when God has called us to be zealous, passionate, alive, and on fire for him? Not dead. He goes on in that passage, Hebrews 11, and I've read a lot of these. Noah built an ark. That was action. God said it, he did it, and God blessed it. Moses told, or God told Noah, or Moses, to confront Pharaoh. God said it, he did it, and God blessed it. Abraham was told to offer Isaac. God said it, he did it, God blessed it. Joshua was told to march around Jericho. God said it, he did it, and God blessed it. Story after story after story after story of God saying it, they did it, God blessed it. That is faith. They all trusted in what he said and they acted upon what God told them to do. Faith is an action. Faith is trusting in God. Faith is an action. But faith is putting God first. A lot of times we define it and say, well, I live by faith. God says, okay, before you, before you cross over and you say that you, you want the blessings of God and you want God to work and you want revival and you want the power of God, God stops and says, this is faith. Faith is more than a feeling. It's more than a slang or a slogan that we put on the wall. It's way more than those things. Say, where are you getting that from? The very first story that's mentioned in here. Hebrews 11, 4, look at it with me. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. A lot of people miss this up and they're like, Cain, Abel, Cain killed Abel. I know all that. He was jealous of that God accepted his offering or not. And everybody gets confused as what that is. One gave plants, one gave animals, one did the blood, all this other stuff. But if you notice what was more acceptable, Genesis 4.3, it will come up on the screens. Look at this. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought, listen to this, of the fruit of the garden an offering. Of the fruit of the garden unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel unto his offering. But unto Cain, to his offering, he had not respect. We say the same thing later. Genesis 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. Listen to the words that God says to Abraham. Remember, he promised him blessing. He said, I will provide. I will be with you. He brings him to the point of test. And point of faith in his life was not just action. It was not just trusting in God. It was put God first. How many kids did Abraham have? One. Listen to this. He sits there in there and he says, and he said, and then take now thy son, Thine only son, Isaac. God said, Abraham, I promise to give you children beyond measure and family beyond measure. But he said, here's the thing. 
Give me the first. Abraham, God must be first. Cain and Abel, God went to him and said, Cain, uh, Cain goes and he takes of his crops. He said, Lord, here's some of it. But there was a difference between Abel. Then Abel came before God and he had one lamb and he took the firstling of the lamb and said, God, this is the first one, but I give it to you because I trust you to bring more. Let me tell you that God followed this example with us throughout the Bible. When God said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know what we do with God? We tip him. We give him leftovers. We're going to eat. We're going to enjoy. We're going to fellowship. We're going to get all this. And if there's anything left over, we'll give to God. And God said, I will not be second to nobody, nowhere, anytime, place, no way, no way. God will not. You know how much we love to put on the billboards and things like that and plaques in our house and on t-shirts? Our God is the Alpha and Omega. Do you know what Alpha is? He is first. If anything in our life we shift above God, then that thing has become an idol. Anything. God demands the preeminence in our life. God demands to be first. He said it with Cain. He said it with Abel. He said it with Isaac. And through the rest of the Bible, he says over and over again. I had a lot of other verses. I will not go through. I'll probably post them. But over and over again. Through the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Chronicles, Nehemiah, Amos, Malachi, over and over and over and over and over again. God said to bring me your tithes, your offerings, your gift of yourself to sacrifice over the whole theme of the Bible. It's bring to God first. And we wonder, and everybody gets all upset, crosses their arm, I don't believe in that. Let me tell you, in your life, stop Praying for God to bless you. Stop. If you want to skip what it takes to get you there. I'm not just saying, I'm not, I know people, how dare you? You know what? If we can't submit to God, we can't submit to anybody. And that's why at the beginning of it, we, we have people walking out of church and getting frustrated. It doesn't work. I don't believe all that because we're not willing to do what God says. We wonder why it's not working. There's a purpose for faith, not just the definition of faith. Now, listen to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Listen to this. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. The word or phrase obtained a good report is actually all one in the Greek. It means they were able to be a witness of. They were able to testify of. They were able to bear record of. They bared witness of it. You know what God does? When you think that something is impossible and God, you can imagine if God was going to sit there and save all the world and he said, Lord, Lord, how are you going to save the world? I'm going to give you a boat. And all of a sudden there was a boat there. There's no faith. There's no faith. If Moses would have just walked up to the Red Sea and it would have been split, they were like, hey guys, this is working out great. There's no faith. 
If they would have walked into Egypt and Pharaoh would have just said, oh guys, I'm glad you're here. Just let them go. Guys, hook them up with some supplies. They need to go worship God. No faith. You guys realize everything that we do, that's what we pray for. Lord, I don't want the opposition and I don't want the struggle. Lord, can you just open it up and let me through? The Bible said that every one of these became men and followers of God devoted to being able to say the Lord, he is God because they went through the lesson of faith. There's a verse in the Bible that we often talk about knowing this in James 1.3 that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The word trying is testing of your faith. The word worketh means to accomplish. The testing of your faith is there to accomplish something good in your life. It accomplishes patience, but a lot of times we interpret patience as just, I'll sit here and wait. The patience in the Bible goes further than that. It's endurance. It means to be able to be hopeful or cheerful or to build up confidence or strengthen something. God puts us through giving and trials and health and everything else at the beginning of it saying, man, God, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can. And God says, you'll never experience it until you learn to trust me. You know how many times I've preached on faith my whole life? God is good, God is faithful, and God will never let you down. God is good, God is faithful, God will never let you down. I have outline after outline after outline after outline of God is good, God is faithful, and God will never let you down. Thursday night, you guys, most of you guys know this, I was at my house about eight years ago, I got a phone call and my mom told me that my sister was found passed out in the bedroom and she said something's wrong but they're flying her. She had a surgery a while back and we thought it was technical, uh, technicalities with that. So I said, mom, it's gonna be okay, they'll figure it out. And she said, call me back and she said, Tony, they're life flighting her now to the other hospital. They said to come now because they don't expect her to live. I get in the car, and me and Jenny are driving like crazy. And I'm calling, and they said, your sister swallowed three bottles of Tylenol to try to take her life. She's not going to live. Too much poison. Too much poison in her body. It's too much too late. She's not going to live I was crying so hard I could barely see as I'm driving down the road. You know what? It's easy to preach. It's easy to say it. It's easy to go up to other people and sit, turn around. It's easy to go up to Noah and say, Noah, God will provide. I've got to build a boat. It's easy to walk up to Moses and say, there's a promise land. And Moses is saying, I've got an army coming this way and a, and a sea on this side. Don't tell me that. So I'm calling back and forth like every 10 minutes to ask if she's still alive. And she's still alive. And she's still alive. And my prayer changed. My God, I said, God, I don't know why or how, but I said, I know that you're in control and I know that I cannot just sit here and be mad at you. So Lord, please help me. And it didn't just, I got there and she was still alive. Step one. But let me tell you in that, living that out, I learned, okay, God, 
Thank you. Thank you. I had to wait for them to open up the intensive care. And I got to go back there and she's filled from head to toe with pipes. They had to cut her open and leave it open because she, she became toxic inside of her. She was in the hospital for three months. She flatlined twice and changed her life forever. And in the course of that, the doctor came through. And we're praying, we're praying, and we're praying, and we're, we're trusting God, and we're, 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 we're doing everything that we know, and we're going through this. We had the church groups that came and gathered around us and that would pray with us in the lobby and they would call out her name and we would just say, Lord, we need a miracle. They're, they're giving her hours to live at this point. Lord, we need you. The doctor walks through. He walks in the room and he says, hey, I, what is this? And he's got this report and he says, this makes no sense at all. They said, your sister swallowed three bottles of Tylenol, and then we found a whole other type of medicine in her system. I said, what is it? They said, it's Lasix. Lasix is the medicine that triggers your brain to... And so she saw my dad's bedroom, and he had that bottle, and she thought, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to go all the way with it. I'll swallow these three bottles, and I'll take whatever that is, too. My sister had a surgery. She could not take pills. She could not take pills unless she swallowed a large amount of water with it because of the way that her, she had a gastric bypass and she had to do that. And then she goes in and she follows, swallows all those Lasix and the Lasix stepped in behind the poison began to clean out her system while she was passed out. And they said, we weren't expecting this, but somehow she took that medicine at the very end, and that medicine saved her life by her trying to take her life. God is good, and God is faithful. I don't know that by reading a story. I don't know that because somebody else told me. I know that because the trying of your faith, when God says, am I still God? Am I still God? You don't know what's going to happen. And God brings you through to say, yes, I am powerful. And yes, the blessings come from me. And yes, I am faithful. And yes, I keep my promises. Amen. That's my God. Amen. See, we look at, Faith, a lot of times, is everything we do for God. It's not just about what we do for God. It's what he does for us. Because I'm at the other side of it. I'm able to stand up and preach and say, let me tell you. Let me tell you about my God. Noah was able to say, let me tell you about my God. Moses was able to say, let me tell you about my God. So many people have no stories. Because they don't understand that the just shall live by faith. You're never going to get to the blessings or anything in your life until you learn to have faith in God by trusting in God, by putting God first, and by taking action of getting out of the boat. It's the only way that it works. Let me tell the younger generation, it can't just be the older generation that sends missionaries. It, it can't just be us looking there, talking about what God does. It takes sacrifice. It takes God being first. Say, this isn't popular. You know what? It might not be popular, but it's biblical and it's truth. 
And if our generation ever wants to experience more than just talk, and we want to experience the outpouring of God and revival and everything that else he did, we're never going to see it unless we cross the bridge to get to what God said and we step out on faith. But it all starts here. You say, where, where do we start? Where do we start? It starts here. God's called us not, not to build a boat. God didn't call me to put my son on an altar. God has not called me. Listen, God has not called me to the Red Sea. I'm not delivering the Ten Commandments and the plagues to anybody. But I am called to lead my family. And God says, when you get to hard times, Tony, you better trust in me. You better put me first and you better take action. And God gave me his promises and provision and blessings on the other side. But let me tell you, let me wrap it into this when, when we come to this. I, I, I'm going to make this application to you guys. Here, here's point number one. It's the command to go. It's the command to give. It's the command to build. Every one of these guys, listen. The Bible says that when Abraham heard, when Abraham heard what God told him to do, he said, Abraham obeyed. Every command that God's given us, we either listen or we deny it. We either obey it by faith and trust in God to receive the promises, or we stand right here of saying, man, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. No, God says, do it. Do it. Let me wrap things up with this. God not only said, go into all the world. And God says, how shall they preach except they be sent. God gives us these commandments. He said, I believe all these things. James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God and thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. It's a whole lot more than believing. There's this thing that a lot of people, let me change this for a minute, Okay. There's a lot of people that have this promise of heaven. It's given to all of us. Can I tell you guys that promise of heaven? Because there is a hell. It's real flames, real place, real destination created for Satan and his angels. It's, it's for sin. You're born with it. I was born with it for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. I don't care who you are here today. Let me tell you, we are born in sin. But a lot of times we come and we hear the stories and everything else that God loves you and God's there for you. We want the promise of heaven. And the Bible says it like this, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. You don't get to heaven just by saying, I believe there is a God. Because the Bible told us in James, the devil believes there's a God. The demons believe in that there's a God and they tremble. I believe the churches are filled with people that say, I believe there's a God. I believe there's a God. Man, I believe in the big guy upstairs. It's not enough. Come to a place in your life where you realize that I am a sinner, that I've fallen short of the glory of God. 
that me being a good person and showing up at church and giving money to the poor and everything else because it's not by my works of good deeds or righteousness which I have done. But I believe, I believe that God died on the cross for my sin and I believe that he came to earth and took on sin and went to a cross, was nailed there, died and rose again three days later. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I repent and I've turned from the world and I accept Jesus Christ in my life and I, I receive the promise of heaven, but it's through faith. How many of you say, I believe that there's a God, but I've never truly placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Repenting, as I've said so many times, is a change of direction, saying no. I'd rather have Jesus. I trust in Jesus. It's not the church, it's not the pastor, it's not religion, it's not all this stuff, it's Jesus. And let me tell you, you can have a full knowledge of God and still go to hell. But today as we close out this service, let me explain to you what Jesus does. He extends out to every single one of us the gift of salvation. And it says not of works because you could never work for what he paid for because it was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But it is free because he paid it for you. But you say, what's the action of it? The Bible says, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that he has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.